Hello, this is Catherine and you're listening to The Thoughtful Runner. I'm sorry, these podcasts have been a little sad and inward looking of late. Therefore, today's topic is joy. Joy we can find in the little things, the everyday things, and the things that are always there. This weekend concluded the pinnacle of heartbreaks for me, aged 32, as I moved all my baking utensils, defunct cassette tapes and precious books into boxes and employed the services of a nice man called Wayne to shove it all into my parents' garage. A ghoulish process I'd not anticipated, yet no big deal for the rest of the world, which busily keeps on turning, thank Christ, and for some reason doesn't seem to respond negatively to the great sack of vulnerability I feel to be lumbered on my back. So it goes, you get up, you get on, and first, you are just getting by, running mechanically, dispassionately, eating when people remind you to, working because that's what you do, and just following the physics of it in the dim hope that the feeling shall return. Then, the first moment when you don't feel dreadful is so very good. It soars to elation. The plain feeling of all rightness from a previous life becomes ecstatic joy in this one, a moment's respite from the weight of your misery. At least that's how it was for me, when, at last, there came a definite point last week when I woke up without feeling panicked or immobile. I knew where I was. For no explainable reason, I was just a little more able to feel the tide of love that rushed forth from friends and family, normally so very British and taciturn, who at this time recognised the weight of words like love and hello who all want to offer me a home and a place where I can just be the same old person I always have been. Thanks to that, I was able to feel revived, and just woke up with a sense of humour one day, and felt like myself again. I managed to make myself laugh doing a couple of things to amuse myself for the sake of it. Overnight, I'd gone from feeling everything was pointless, to feeling pointless things were worthwhile again. And then I began to notice the wonderful colours of the autumn leaves the way the first frost had reshaped the summer flowers in my parents' garden, the accidental patterns of falling, rotting vegetation on the pavement, and the scant sunlight glancing through the newly bare woodland canopy. I've mourned the passing of autumn in tandem with the passing of my relationship. Now we're here in winter, pretty much, and it's frightening, cold, and frequently dark and frequently lonely. That's how it feels, anyway. But on the flip side, I am now noticing all the lovely things about it too. The air at night is so sharp and fresh, it feels as if your lungs have been turned inside out and put back inside you. The stars are magnificent. I looked up on my return from a run one evening and felt completely and utterly joyful at the sight of them, glinting endlessly, an absolute affirmation of the endless mystery of the universe. You might look at the night sky and feel small, but you won't feel limited. Another afternoon I put an audiobook on as I set out for a run. I've been getting through some literature this month. I'd selected one by my favourite author and broadcaster and as I listened and ran, found myself doubled over in laughter at the writing. It was such a refreshing change. And I had proof that whatever you put out into the universe gets sent back to you. As I ran around smiling to this audiobook, the world smiled back. Other runners, women with pushchairs, grumpy old men, all of them sent back the warmth I was feeling with a simple but elevating laugh. On a particularly glorious day last week, whilst others slogged away at their office desks, I counted my blessings and set out for an eight-mile run in the Sussex countryside. You're going to get very bored of the Sussex countryside, now that I mostly live here again. 
But I suppose it makes a slight change from all that glorifying of London. I'll be back there soon enough. I took a route past that old tree I told you about last time, over the brook and across the golf course, bumping into an old acquaintance on the way. I carried on through Stave's Wood, across the lane and through the slippy, muddy, cowpat-puddled farm, then uphill again, through the plantation, silent conifers standing by, a gaggle of partridge startled to flight, soaking trainers and socks. Before the reservoir I darted back down through the woods, then I followed a footpath and came out upon the Balkan viaduct. It's a magnificent 18 arches, thousands and thousands of bricks, and the viewpoint from which hundreds of rail commuters' hearts are lifted each misty morning. And where far below, where the sheep crop the grasses, you can stand and stare down through the arches like Dali's never-ending mirrors, the imperfect symmetry of man's art and endeavour. Then onwards I went, uphill, to stand and stare as the clouds shifted. The odd train thundered past, and a biplane hummed lazily above. A murder of crows took off. The sun moved, expanded, contracted and took many forms, making bright stretches of the veil at one moment, and in the next a grave tangle of branches against bleak grey skies. I stood there until I was cold, and as I moved on, the sun burst forth again, low and yellow over tilled, honey-coloured fields, clipped hedgerows, skeletal seed heads and winding streams. Around the next farm, dozens and dozens of pheasants were startled by my presence, sent up into the sky with the clumsy tuck-tuck crow that defines this time of year. Feathers on the floor. I felt the sunlight on my cold pink cheeks. I felt it on my back, gentle waning warmth, a blessing all the same. I looped back home past the place where I was born into this very world, once a hospital and now some flats. I went through the horse fields that stare out across the woodland, the town, the church and the water tower, to the bluish downs on the horizon. I followed the paths of childhood walks, recalled the adventures that shaped me before my heart was this broken, and I was uplifted by the conviction that time and emotion held no particular weight in the measure of who I was at that moment, who I am now, and who I have been. Nature really doesn't care about that stuff. I hope from this description that you can capture some of the joy this outing brought me. In nature lies every tiny detail and message of the universe, the way things work, the manner of time, the patterns of every scale. Nature is there when we want it. We may have busy, sophisticated, scientific lives that run on a concept of progress, but we have the absolute joy and honour of being able to visit nature and forget that any modern distraction will matter much on our birth or deathbed. We can be timeless in nature. We can be natural. We can be connected to everything and we can be overjoyed. I'm worried I'm sounding a little deranged with these highly spiritual missives in the midst of a heartbreak, but I trust you take them for what they are. The sounds of a person healing, thanks to the great outdoors, and the great, if... if obscure, beyond. I wrote this episode on the train to York, a place I've long wanted to go and never quite got to. An hour before my journey, I sat waiting for my train outside King's Cross Station, listening to a drunk woman singing in the morning sun, whilst I closed my eyes... That place is a favourite place. Until recently, it was part of my daily runs and all the thoughts and feelings that come with those undramatic routine explorations. It hurt to know that it's not my neighbourhood anymore, the loss crashing up against the strange sensation of being there and being present all the same. I got on the train and looked out of the window at the buildings I have run beneath day after day for the past two and a half years. And as the train moved out of the station, I saw the footpaths and the streets where my future plans evaporated as if each step were a cloud of smoke 
an aeroplane trail, wafting away against a blue sky. Then onwards surged the carriages, past Alexandra Palace, proud upon the hill, a lone runner tracing the view on this crisp winter morning, feeling and thinking something or other on his own. Then we were out into unknown territory. The unfamiliar and the undefined became my window view. Flatter, elmless fields, wide rivers, factories emitting gigantic perfect puffs of steam into the atmosphere. It feels good to be going somewhere new now, somewhere I can look about in untainted, unassociated joy. And when I return, I shall seek in time to look with joy upon the skyline I love and make it my own again, so that the city, my London, may be just like the stars at night, so that it may become a place not wounded with loss, but timeless with joy and beauty and possibility and all the things, good and bad, that remain a fact of the place. Unlimited when the heart has trembled and stumbled and is reaching once more for joy.